Friends, I've always believed uh, that leaders are more made than they are born. That being a, a good leader is not consigned to a privileged elite few who were born with uh, certain personality traits and natural gifts right, that make them the perfect leader. It might be true that for certain types of leadership, right, there are certain personality traits and natural endowments that maybe are more advantageous for leading in that capacity. But generally speaking, I've always believed that it's much more the force of character that defines leadership than it is charisma. I'd much rather have a leader who's stable and consistent, a person of authenticity and integrity, but maybe whose personality doesn't light up a room, than I would having a fickle, right, inconsistent leader, but whose personality and natural gifts are infectious. The way I phrase it is that I think leadership is defined much more by character than charisma, by integrity than image, and by being magnanimous more than being magnetic. Of course, in that definition, then, we're all called to be that. Right? That's the responsibility that we're all, it's not an elitist chosen few that are called to be leaders, but everybody. In the words of the readings today, everyone is called to be a shepherd. Right? There's not just a few people called to be shepherds. Everyone is called to be a shepherd. I was thinking this week that throughout the course of our life, we exist both as shepherd and sheep uh, in all sorts of areas. Right? The, the dynamic of shepherd and sheep is played out in all sorts of areas. There are areas of our life where we're called to lead, where there's a certain project or group of people that are entrusted to our care. We're called to be shepherds. There's also areas where we're called to be led, like sheep. Right? That we're called to cultivate docility and humble submission and a kind of obedience and to be led by people that are experts in things that we are not experts in. I think, uh, I think of myself as a sheep every time I go uh, to the car mechanic. Because I know nothing about cars. Okay? Even though my grandpa was a car mechanic and owned a gas station outside of Medina, Ohio, somehow between my dad and all of us, all of this information got lost. And so I go to a car, I, I go to get my car fixed, and I, I don't know anything, right? I am totally at the disposal of this shepherd we're going to call a car mechanic. And I just pray that they don't, like, exploit, you know, like, charge me for things that I just don't know what they are, so they're like, you need this, right? Do you ever feel this at a car? You don't know what you're, like, do I really need this for the car to run, right? But I, I'm a total sheep, right, in areas that I know nothing about, right, which is a lot of areas of human life. Right? So we, we are sheep, uh, but the, the readings today focus on the areas of our life where we're actually called to be shepherds, to be leaders, and I think it's fair to say that at least we perceive that there's a crisis of a lack of leadership in our culture. Right? If you look at every poll, recent polls, every major institution is at its lowest trust rate that it's ever been 
whether you're looking at political leadership, leadership in the church, uh, media, public health, corporate leaders, the trust level that we have for our leaders, our shepherds, are at their lowest on record. You could almost look out at our situation and like Jesus did in the crowds today in the gospel and say, we feel like sheep without a shepherd. We don't trust those who are called to lead us. And so um, our readings today give us, I think, uh, some guidance on embracing our responsibility as shepherds and as leaders. So I want to focus on one from each of the, the readings. The first reading tells us what a bad shepherd and leader looks like. Okay, so it's an indictment against shepherds in our first reading. And here's what defines a bad shepherd or a bad leader. Someone who is more concerned with leadership as it impacts them than they are about the sheep that are entrusted to their care. They care more about leadership because of their own self-promotion and self-indulgence and not because of the people or the situation or the profession or the project that they're called to care for. There's this indictment throughout the, the Bible, right? Jesus, too, ushers a critique of the religious leaders because they seem to be more interested in their own self-promotion than on caring for the sheep. Think of a, a parent. Right? Think of a parent who doesn't want their child to grow up and, and spread their wings and take an internship or a co-op across the country because they want their child close to them. Heard that this year. Think of a teacher or a coach who is threatened by the thought that their student or athlete might surpass them in excellence in that field. Right? Which is the very purpose right, of coaching and teaching is that your students and disciples actually are better than you at the end. But think of the teacher or the coach who's threatened and resentful of people that have surpassed them in their expertise. Think of the priest who thinks he's the only one that can successfully navigate a parish, that he thinks once he leaves, everything's going to go to pieces because he's built this perfect thing, and he can't imagine anyone being able to do what he's done. Right? These are bad shepherds, bad leaders who are more concerned with themselves than with what they're entrusted to care for. John Maxwell, the famous writer on leadership, uh, he says, the great leader is defined not by their power, but by their ability to empower others. And one of the ways you know this is if the thing can be sustained after you leave. Right? I love this quote from Sheryl Sandberg, who's the chief operating officer at Facebook, and I'm going to paraphrase it. But she says, the good leader blesses the place by their presence, but also when they leave, it's blessed by their absence. Meaning they've created something that will outlive them personally. That they weren't invested in themselves, they were invested in what they were giving. So if a place falls apart after our leadership, right, 
that means that we were probably more invested in ourselves, right, in making ourselves the focal point than of actually creating something that's sustainable, right, and that lives on past us as the shepherd. And so the first thing of how not to be a good shepherd or leader is to be more focused on ourselves than on that which we are called to care for. The second reading teaches us that good leaders are bridge builders. This was actually the image that Bishop Thomas used yesterday to the end of Mass, the end of the funeral Mass for Father Dan Zach to describe Father Dan. And we had this big funeral yesterday. You probably still smell the remnants of the incense in here, you know? A lot of incense. I can still kind of taste it, you know? But anyway, at the end of Mass, Bishop Thomas said, Father Dan Zach and his humanity and his priesthood was a bridge that helped others encounter the divine through him. Paul uses the metaphor of Jesus' humanity and sacrificial death tearing down the wall, the dividing wall that separates us from access to God. Tearing down the wall. Right? The good leader is one who builds bridges. Right? I actually brought a prop for this homily. Uh, one of the uh, students a few years ago was in Germany for uh, teaching in a military base and brought me back a piece of the uh, Berlin Wall because uh, they knew of my love of history. And so I have this, I don't have a certificate of authenticity, so it could be just a random rock from uh, the student's backyard. Uh, but I think it's legit. It seems good to me. Anyway, it sits on my dresser, and I don't think about it in terms of the Berlin Wall. But I do think of it, when I look at it, as in terms of, in my shepherding, am I constructing walls more than I'm building bridges? Uh, because I'm working on this like everybody else. And the truth is, walls are eat. Walls are really nice. Walls are really convenient. Walls are really secure and make us feel really safe to construct walls around ourselves. But the good leader, I think, in, in, in following the model of Jesus is the one who's able to build bridges, not construct unnecessary walls. But that kind of leadership is harder because it involves vulnerability, it involves, um, it involves messiness, it involves putting ourselves out there a little bit. Uh, but I think that is the, the leadership that gains that gains trust and credibility. That's the second lesson. The final lesson is from our gospel, which is good leaders rest. Good leaders rest. You notice uh, the apostles have come back from, it says, uh, teaching and doing many things. Okay, And I can imagine two, two possibilities. Number one, they're exhausted. They're fatigued. Right? It's like they've been exerting themselves and so they're, they're tired. The other possibility is they came back kind of bragging about all the great stuff they were doing. They came back and they were like, Jesus, we're lighting this place on fire. We're sweet. I mean, we are, we're doing incredible stuff. In either case, notice what Jesus says immediately. He says, let's go away to a deserted place and rest a while. In the first understanding, it would be, let's refuel. Okay, you're, you're tired. You've got you to refuel so that you can give more. 
in the second interpretation, it's like you need to get recentered because you're obviously thinking about this in terms of your own reputation and how you're feeling so great about yourself with all the good and productive things you're doing. You need to recenter and rest so that you remember what this is all about and that it's not about your own self-promotion and all the great things that you're doing. In either case, Jesus' Jesus's medicine is rest. Rest a while. Jesus, of course, models this in his own uh, priestly ministry in which his own interior life was constantly being refreshed and refueled in the midst of, of the busyness of his life. I think Jesus knew that uh, the great warning of Socrates, the philosopher, Socrates says, beware of the barrenness of a busy life. Beware of the barrenness of a busy life. I sometimes add, beware of the barrenness and boredom of a busy life. That's not a recipe to not do anything, but it is to say that when we're so scattered, we can never be centered. We can never be centered on what it is we're actually called to focus on and to prioritize and to do. So Jesus says good leaders have to rest. They have to rest. It brought to mind a story I heard when I was in Cincinnati in seminary. Um, uh, you may have heard of Cardinal Bernadine. Cardinal Bernadine was the former Archbishop of Cincinnati. He then became the Archbishop, Cardinal Archbishop of Chicago. Um, and there's a story that when he was in Cincinnati, he was at one of these priest uh, gatherings. And uh, one of, a group of the young priests kind of met with him, and they said, Archbishop, you're looking really scattered. You're looking um, like you're, you're running at a frenetic pace, and you seem sort of disengaged, preoccupied. And Bernadine reflected on that, and he said, you know, at first I was really upset at what they said. He was like, I got defensive, like, who are these young priests telling me, the archbishop, what's wrong with me? Right, like we all do. But then he said, as I reflected, they were right. I was so scattered, so productive, right, in, in extension, that I was not focused. I was not centered on Jesus. And he committed from that day forward to spend an hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament every day, no matter how busy he was. And he talked about at the end of his life, as he battled pancreatic cancer, he battled the uh, sexual abuse allegation that turned out to be false, I mean, he, he battled all sorts of things toward the end of his life. But he said that that one hour a day, right, sustained him and centered him and focused him in the midst of the craziness of his busy life. Cardinal Bernadine understood that good leaders need to rest or they can't give their sheep anything. So friends, I think we're all called to be leaders and shepherds. There's a renaissance of books, right, and, and resources for leadership uh, in today's world. Um, and I think in some ways I compare it to what the Second Vatican Council did to the spirituality of the laity, right? There was this kind of view before the 1960s, which was like only priests and monks and nuns were called to be really holy. Right, and Vatican II said, no, 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 there's the universal call to holiness. Everyone's called to be saints. I feel like there was, there's a similar view sometime with leadership, that leadership's only for the select, it's only for the privileged few. 
I think we need to recover our responsibility in our little spheres of influence of being leaders and shepherds of whatever it is that is entrusted to our care. It's tough work, but with these lessons of, of avoiding what leadership is not, being concerned about ourselves more than the sheep, of tearing down unnecessary walls that, that divide us from people, right? Building bridges and being serious about taking rest and avoiding the barrenness of a scattered and busy life. Well, let's embrace our call today to be shepherds, to be leaders, because with God's grace, we can all do that. Because leaders are not primarily born, they're primarily made.